0: With you this week are Anthony Fleming's and JT McCraw. Gentlemen,
1: let us begin. I'm pretty mad today, actually. Yeah, you mentioned that on the ride over. (laughs) (laughs) You know what it is? Here's what happens when somebody (laughs) doesn't uphold the principles that you have in your life that you live by. Yeah. It gets offensive, especially when it
2: affects your pocketbook. Absolutely. So here I go. I need to calm myself down. And, you know, that's one of my principles. We're going to be talking about a fortress of principles today. And as we were doing this, I just mentioned to you that I never really think about verbalizing these things. There are some things that I believe intimately and just adamantly and they're non-negotiables in my life. But I don't know that I've ever written them all down. Yeah. And this caused me to start doing that. But even you saying that just brings to mind one of them is that I never— make promises you never make a promise I never make promises I make commitments but with the caveat I'm gonna do my best to accomplish this thing So, see I don't believe you already I think you're lying because I promise you I never make promises
1: (laughs) no because what did you say to the pastor efficient whatever when you're standing when you're on your wedding day did you not promise to your wife that you would do certain things I did see liar (laughs) I knew it
2: That's ceremony. But I mean, in relations, like in literally in business, friendships, even with my children, I literally never go. I promise. Wow. Because I know that nothing is promised. Like I can have the best intentions about anything, but something could step in. Now, when I commit to doing a thing, I do everything within my power to always uphold that commitment. But I never want people to go. This is 100 percent possible. Ninety nine point nine. Yes. But just in my head, I, I, and I don't know if that's right or not, but I never really say I promise, because the last thing I want to do is to compromise my integrity. And for you to be able to go, you promised. And I say, but I actually don't have a car today. And so I'm not able to accomplish it. So it's just I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: I think they're just swapping words. Yeah, what I think commitment promise. I mean, I think it's the same thing. And you're making a commitment to do something. Isn't that a promise?
2: I don't know. Maybe it's got something to do with my childhood and my children's childhood. It's definitely got something to do with Be, that, that mind. Yeah, because my daughter, she always tries to get me to say the words, but do you promise? Wow. But do you promise? Because she knows that when I say yes, I promise, it's, it's ironclad. Yeah. And just nothing in life is ironclad. But it's just one of the mantras that I live by is that I don't make promises. Mm-hmm. I make commitments, but I always leave room for life to happen. And in the event that it does happen, I'm going to profusely apologize. But just the whole idea of promise, man, I think. And, and I, I guess, you know what? It is from my childhood Having moments, man, <laughs> and I track everything back to him and I love him and I respect him dearly. But just having those promises of I'm coming to get you mm-hmm. from my father yeah, and yeah. then I'm not short up. So yeah. I don't know, man.
1: This, now, this, this may turn into a whole therapist session. Yeah.
2: <laughs> almost every conversation <laughs> I have turns into a therapy session.
1: But see enough, enough about you. So back to me. But see, one of my principles, like if I tell if somebody tells me, hey, this is what I want done. Not, you know and spells it out i don't care how much it's going to cost well yeah i've never said that to anybody but i know that you have <laughs> yeah well i mean within reason <laughs> like I, I there's certain expectations that come with that when i make statements like that that when i get when i go to pick the thing up whatever it may be that it's going to be done exactly how i i wanted it done and that i paid money to have it done that way so when that's not done it just get it's like that's a principle i live by yeah it almost makes me want to go,
2: I'm never using that person again, ever. So we're talking about vendors right now, just yeah. so we're not so vague oh, yeah, yeah, about sure. what we're talking about. But is, does it make a, a difference for you, JT, the the relationship that you have with, say, said vendor uh, rather than having no relationship? Is it history that you've had with them and opportunity that you've given them? And Yeah, then, sure. So all those things matter, man. So yeah. there's more playing into it because there's a disappointment on a on a deeper level than just, hey, this was supposed to happen business-wise and it didn't. Yeah, so yeah. it
1: depends because, you know, some people you can just write off. I'm never using them again. I'm not in a relationship with them. It's completely transactional. Yeah. I paid for this. You didn't give it to me. You're making excuses why you didn't do it. I'll move on. Now, some people I have a relationship with. So I would rather... If something like that happens, I'll stop doing business with them, but I'll keep the relationship because I don't want the business
2: aspect to harm the relationship because it already has to some degree. So you got to work through that. I think you just added value to my first non-negotiable, though, because had he not promised. Oh, boy. I don't know if he ever said promise. <laughs> he
1: did. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's an assumption on it my is. part when, yeah.
2: whenever there is a conversation as direct as it was. Yeah. Because uh, services are contractual. Sure. Hey, I'm giving you this yeah. for you to give me that. That's so there's correct. an implied promise. Yeah.
1: So the question then is, as we continue this conversation, is it right for us
2: to hold other people to our own set of principles? Is it right I'm going to say that it is normal. Yeah. I don't know that it's right or wrong. And the good thing is, is when we set these safeguards for ourselves and don't actually adhere to them ourselves Mm -hmm. and expect other people to adhere to them. So that's a whole nother conversation. But I think it's a natural, like, suspicion that people would behave similarly to your kind of non-negotiables. But if you think about it, it's kind of foolish, too. Yeah, it is because... (laughs) I do think it's part of some relational issues
1: that, that, that arise, you know, because I'm holding somebody to something that I live by. They don't have the same experiences. They maybe not even have the same worldview, which is by the way, one of the most important aspect (laughs) of coming up with your principles that you live by. What is your worldview? Yeah. Because your worldview will determine a lot of things. Meaning if I have a Christian worldview, which I do, then there's already principles set in place for me that I can either agree with or not agree with, but if I have that world view, I should agree with them. And there is some expectation by me that you already agree with them too. That's correct. Yeah. As simple as the Ten Commandments. Yeah. I mean, we can take the ten suggestions the, <laughs> the Ten Commandments. Back in the day, it's that we know what it actually means is the ten statements. Bible doesn't really say commandments, but the 10 statements is is that I follow those because I have a Christian worldview. Now, some would say, well, that's just typical. I mean, don't kill, don't steal, don't mm-hmm. commit adultery. Well, yeah, everybody can live by those things. That's not has nothing to do with the Christian worldview. I beg to differ. That's where our, we got our views from was the yeah. Christian worldview. And we just happened to uh, reap the benefits of it. So there are some things that are in place already for me and it actually gives me a guide to where if I don't match up with something that this worldview says I should have, then I'm not expecting Scripture to change. The expectation is that I change. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where worldview. Now, if you have a a different worldview, then your your personal beliefs and your personal values
2: should follow that worldview. If we're people of integrity. You know, it's funny that. What you just said kind of marries itself to the original statement when you were asking, is it right to expect the same kinds of principles or non-negotiables out of people that we have for ourselves? And even in the context of being Christian, you know, I talk to guys a lot of times and not just guys, but people, Christians, when they have this expectation that those people that hold no value to the word of God would behave as though they do.
1: Yeah. They're like, they're shocked. Yeah, they are shocked, (laughs) man.
2: And you know, So they are expecting a thing out of someone else that they find no value in. So why would you expect it out of them? Mm -hmm. And so even for us, as we talk about these things that we intimately live by, it is extra disappointing when we don't see it in someone else. And it really pisses us off. But. You know, you ask a great question. Is that fair? Is -hmm. it fair when we identify those things in other people? Or is it something that we have to be intent on just living out ourselves and showing other people the value and the principles that we live?
1: Yeah. And it always comes with the uh, what's the outcome of living these personal beliefs and values? Yeah. And that's where people say, "Okay, we went through the same exact thing. You, however, seem to navigate it and come out on the other side much better than me sure so what did you do and that's where when our personal values and beliefs are tested by life that's when we should kind of take inventory and go okay maybe i need to change this because it didn't add the value or it didn't perform like i thought that's where these things are are tested and that's why you know i'm 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 big on not saving people from suffering and i, I don't mean to do harm to people Like the time you let me drown. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect example. I mean, you're still here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, JG, man. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, man, we just we
1: save people way too quickly from the from the consequence of a decision that they made. And they'll never learn the lesson unless they feel the consequence.
2: And a lot of times that consequence causes them to fill that gap with a principle. Yeah. Because they go, you know what? in life because of what's happened here that's correct this is what I think I'll do
1: and that's why the importance of of having and I love the term fortress of principles meaning that this is unmovable this is unshakable that people can you know I may get into a war I may get into a battle I may storm a hurricane whatever may come my way but I have a fortress that's unmovable I love that visual yeah if everything else fails this thing right here is unshakable yeah I was in Peru um, a couple of weeks ago and I made a comment that, you know, a lot of people build houses on sand. And so when storms come, it falters, it falls apart. So really, you're just building sandcastles. Hmm. They look beautiful. I, we have a friend, a mutual friend, that's a great artist. And he on social media a couple of weeks ago, he posted he's on his honeymoon and they, he posted this sandcastle that he built. And he's just ridiculous artist uh just by himself and i looked at that thing and it was like oh my gosh i wonder how long it took to build that i mean it was intricate stunning yeah and i then i had the thought it'll be gone tomorrow yeah
2: the wind's (laughs) gonna come through yeah (laughs) the water's gonna
1: rise it's coming it's gonna be washed away and i think a lot of us especially men in this culture that there's so much confusion even what a man is that we're building a lot of sandcastles hoping that the storms don't come. Mm. But when they do, there's total devastation and destruction. And then we blame the storm. or We blame the life circumstance without looking at how we built. So we have to have these 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 fortress of principles in order to withstand those things. And the other thing is, as I thought about this, we have a lot more in us that we live by than we
2: really verbalize. Yeah, you just told me that. And I... Probably agree with that. And and I told you something else, man, that Stephen, like historically, most times that he makes a statement, it ends up being a challenge for me. Yeah. And just for him to ask, hey, what are yours or do you have some like it challenges me because as I've progressed through life, I'm 58 years old. Obviously, there are some things that I believe strongly and there are some things that I call non-negotiables in my life. But as far as having ever written them down or verbalized them to a place where I could, you know, concisely share them, just yeah. like we talked about our manly story. So these things are a great challenge to me and it makes me respect him even more. But while I'm on Steven, man, so the one that he said that he doesn't drink mm-hmm. to the place of getting goofy. Yeah. So he had to have drank one time and, got and goofy. gotten goofy <laughs> to come up with that non-negotiable or that principle yeah. for his life. So is that the way that we build these principles in our lives, man? Is it is it from the moments that we fail and we go back and say, hey, or we see somebody else fail and we go, hey, and we come up with this list? So in, in this context— these failures that we see and we, you know, tied to ourselves, th- even those failures have value because we can go back and go, hey, I'm going to put an Ebenezer in the in the in the desert here where I can track back to this moment right here and never behave like this again. Is yeah, that true or false? I, do,
1: I think it's somewhat true. I believe that these things that we build, these values, these personal beliefs, these principles, they come from our own pain. But they also what you just described, like I did something, it hurt. Or Stephen, I drank too much. I got goofy. I looked goofy in front of people. That's not what I want to portray about myself. I want to be more weighing, more control. So that caused a pain, but it's also out of prosperity. So prosperity is also a teacher as well, because mm. with, and, and a lot of the times we will look at others' prosperity and go, how did you do that? And we'll look at our personal pain. And that's great. Because we, we don't give ourselves enough credit <laughs> when when something goes right it's almost like it was wh- supposed to yeah or it's like how did that happen you know so i do think that we we look at our pain what what are the decisions we've made because these principles these values help us make the our life decisions it's not the other way around what do you believe your worldview your personal beliefs the the things that are deep inside of you help Help you make d- daily decisions. Yeah. Our decisions don't create our beliefs. Now, they can, again, from the pain of it, they say can, that again. I said, our decisions don't create our
2: beliefs. That's our, our beliefs create our decisions. And see, that's incredibly telling right there because I see this happen a lot in our conversations, man. That a lot of times you are speaking from a positive, mm-hmm. and a lot of times I am speaking from. A negative, yeah. Like I don't like that. Is curious. Together to
1: me. we make a great battery. We do, we do, <laughs> an we do.
2: Incredible battery. <laughs> but I notice it over and over again, man. And I think it's because I've been programmed, man, in the way that my life has gone, man, and the way that I've lived. That I that I do, and I wanna, I wanna. It challenges me, man, to think more so from a positive, yeah. Because I notice it like a lot. Well, not a lot, but on real uh, important occasions that you'll often speak from a positive point of view while I'm speaking from a what if, from a negative. Mm -hmm. It's just, and and that doesn't matter to what we're talking about here at all. But I just wanted to acknowledge that, man, and speak that uh, into this conversation because it's important for the way that I live my life. And maybe it's important for the way that other men are living their
1: lives. And again, this is why we need other men to chat with and to talk with about these things. Because if you don't have the opposite of how you believe or how you think or how you you know, come up with, uh, decisions in your life, then you're, what, what do we always say? If the only voice you're listening to is your own, you're listening to the voice of a fool or So idiot, <laughs> or stupid. But, but again, that's, that is one of the top values and having somebody sure. that you can converse with and not, you know, again, one of the principles I live by, I, I just, I try not to get offended. Mm. And I started this whole thing, uh, Okay, I was. My, one of my principals was offended today. <laughs> but what I don't do, see, there, it's okay to get offended. It's not okay for for that to set root in your life and to cause you to have some relational issues with somebody. Yeah, I mean, you got to deal with those things quick. So it's okay to be offended. But w- the principle that I live by is, I'm. I refuse to get offended when there's tough conversations that need to be made
2: so is that that is one of your principles sure like how how would you state that principle well i'll give you an example it's like you and
1: i when things happen and and the 12 other guys that we meet with yeah you know like when you always go back to the george floyd incident that was a tough conversation within a diverse group of men Mm -hmm. and so if if all of us go in with a chip on our shoulder and i can be highly offended yeah then that conversation is not going to happen. So we reap the benefit of an incredible, of not just one conversation, many conversations because you guys have accepted my principle of you cannot be offended during these conversations because if somebody asks a question, they're not asking to get something or to do something to you. They're actually trying to get something out of you that they don't have. And they see that they need that way of thinking. Yeah, so that's again that that's a principle that I think benefits friendships, benefits relationships. Every when, relationship. When we say I'm I'm going to try now, that doesn't because um, you know the one person that we typically get offended with the most is the one we live with. Absolutely. So it makes it harder. You mean our kids. Yeah, our dog. <laughs> so uh, it makes it harder. It, it it's harder to live by that principle with somebody so close to you. Because with our group, we get to drive away, and I can say whatever in my in my truck on <laughs> the way home. <laughs> that dirty rotten, you know, I can get it all out. But Is man, that what's happening when we're leaving, a champ? Sometimes, oh, geez, uh, okay. just so you know, Listen I, mean, I got to get it out. Yeah. But when we again, when we live with the uh, with our spouses, that can be harder because you can't. Where are
2: you going? Refusing to be offended. Offended. Yeah, and you know. This is uh, which in this culture, yeah, it's the opposite. Oh yeah, they're how can I be offended? how
1: can I be offended today? Yeah, and how can I shout the loudest and how can I? It's like man, this, this it's going to get old quick. Yeah, it's already it's already getting old uh in some circles as far as all the you know offensive talk and
2: just being offensive to be offensive. Being offended does make you a bit selfish too, because the it's, moment it's narcissistic. Yeah, the moment that you become offended, man. I mean, you close out. All ability to hear, mm-hmm. reason, mm-hmm. see anything because you're concentrating on that. And the reason I know that is, is because I just left home and there was a small offense mm-hmm. that occurred at my home. Hey, Jonas, you got a couch around here. <laughs> <laughs> gonna, and, this and is going to be a counseling session. I can already tell. And it's so funny, man, that there's this thing that that's a problem for me. And every time it pops up, it's a problem. And my response to this thing, I'm being vague, mm-hmm. that. What I do each time that I find myself offended offends my wife. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to be open. I'm going to be open. So I like tidy. As in neat. Tidy and neat. Tidy and neat. Like I would have done well in the military. Everything in its place. And my wife in this aspect is a little more of a free spirit. Who was in the military, by the way. She was. That is, dude, I have never ever thought about that, man. And so when she comes in, she'll drop this here and drop this there and drop this here and drop this here. And generally it doesn't bother me at all. And I told her something in the midst of this conversation this morning, you do plenty of things that I don't do. So I'm okay with the fact that I do plenty of things that you don't do. It's just, you know, the the synchronicity of our marriage. But my reaction to when she leaves all these things just kind of in different places I gather them all up and she's got this huge bag, dude. It's some, some, something. And I'll just put it all in this bag. Cause my idea is if she comes in and she's forced to confront all this <laughs> stuff in one place, <laughs> I'm being open that, Man. that she will then put it where it belongs. Oh. And she's asked me on several occasions, can you please just in the most polite way, not put all of my stuff just kind of in this one place. Just give me a chance to put it away. And I don't like to wait uh-huh. for her to put it away. So it caused a bit of a stir this morning. Yeah, sure. And I got offended that she didn't appreciate me trying to clean up. And she got offended that I insist on doing what she's already asked me not to do. And we had some uh intense high level. In fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. And and we had a few words of it. And then at some point I finally come to this place and I go, well, as offended as I was that she hasn't done what I've asked, I did purposely do what she's not asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And I had to go upstairs after I walked away uh, very aggressively and quickly and went back downstairs and went, walked back and I go, you know what? You're right. I knew what the expectation was for you. You don't like this. And I did it out of frustration. And I guess I did it a little bit to get back at you. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Would you forgive me? And she goes, Yeah, I forgive you. But just I just want to confirm in you, man, that offense, man, does make us make some decisions and act and cause us to behave in some ways that we traditionally. Would not, yeah, if we were thinking clearly, man, it is a monster that will take over us and go, "You know what, yeah, and we'll just do it, so that's a good principle, man. now, where I fell in this
1: principle because we can have principles and we should live by the principles, but there are going to be times where we fail to live up to the expectation that we have in ourselves, right, so it's like when the time that I get offended the most is when it's out of my control,
2: mm. So
1: I, 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 don't control the situation and therefore you break
2: I, your own principle. I break my own principle because now here's the, here's the crazy, marigou- you shouldn't make promises <laughs> not to break your, here's, own the, principle. here's the
1: crazy merry-go-round that I get on is that I'm offended because I know the answer and I'm not asked or allowed to, to, to participate in the way that I know that I can solve the issue. This feels personal. I'm I'm just saying in general, no I'm joking. Yeah, this is so I am a control freak. I understand that about myself. No. I, I love being in control. <laughs> I hate being controlled, even by my own thoughts when I know that they do me harm. And laws and, and uh, lies yeah, absolutely. and political parties absolutely. and ideas. Everybody gets on my nerves. And if they would just listen to me, <laughs> this world would be a better oh place. Oh my gosh, I could solve so many issues so fast. Yep. But that's the way that what I just said is the way that we actually think. It is. But it's not correct. It's not. It's not correct. And so, therefore, we have to have, you know, these principles. Yes, we have to live by them. Come up they are against, for you. But when we come up against them, we have to remember that it's it's, it's a fortress of principle. It's not a the foam of feelings, so to speak. <laughs> right. It's not this foamy, you know, feelingy thing that okay, I'm going to give into that because it's just more comfortable. Yeah. In this moment. And I'm going to allow my feelings to make the decisions. Typically feelings are not a great decision maker.
2: They're liars. Yeah. It's, it's, they're valid, but they're liars.
1: It's almost like, you know, I have one of my dear friends who listened to this podcast is a pilot and, we were talking about an accident. So whenever there's a, an airplane accident, he, he can get the report and just kind of look at it. And we were talking about this particular airplane crash that involves seven or eight people and they all passed. And he said it was definitely pilot error. And he said he wasn't trained in instruments as much as he should have been mm. to fly that many people in bad weather, so forth and so on. And I thought, man, a lot of times we do that because one of the main things about learning how to fly with your instruments is you trust your instruments no matter how you feel. Right. Because you could be doing a nosedive, but you feel that you're not. Your instruments are actually telling you that you are, but you don't feel it. So we have we have this battle to go by our feelings and not what we actually see. And that's exactly what happened in this plane crash. They were nosediving right after takeoff, not seven or eight minutes after takeoff they were on a nosedive yeah bad weather he didn't know enough to trust his instruments and i feel that that's what happens a lot with us is that when we don't live by a set of principles but we live by the this feeling not i'm not saying a gut sometimes these gut feelings that we have it's like okay i just got a gut feeling that i shouldn't do this now, that's different than when I'm talking, you know, we just go by our emotions or our feelings. Yeah. Now, we have to have this fortress of principles to guide us and to help us make the decisions, even when it doesn't feel right. So what's what's in your fortress? A couple of things that are in mind. Uh, I mean, I say some of these quite often going back. Let's revert back to because of my worldview. There are certain things, and because Stephen said, you know, these can be just not principles, but sometimes they're rules that we live by. Sure, it's another way to say it. So again, the Ten Commandments are a great foundational. If we're going to have any type of society that we can live in, you got to have these. The principles that are in the Ten Commandments are pretty good, right? <clears throat> don't kill. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't lie. Don't bear false witness. Uh, don't have any other gods before me. Now you could take that one and go, ah, you know, don't don't take your friend's wife. That's a good one. That was weird.
2: That that I mean that's one.
1: Don't take don't covet your friend's yeah. Yeah. Don't I mean, covet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That got weird fast. Anyway,
2: <laughs> I don't know why.
1: <laughs> Just my mind the way it works. <laughs> I don't know. But so 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 set those aside. And it's like I have a principle that was taught by my dad. you've heard me tell the story many, many times. We're done with the project. He says, hey, go get the red toolbox. I hate the red toolbox because it weighs more than me. And at 10 years old, I got to drag that thing back in. And he clips a piece off of something behind a door. And I did say this. I said, dad, nobody saw that. Nobody would see that. You made me drag. And I'm thinking, you made me drag this red toolbox all the way back. He says, son, I see it. And so the principle is it doesn't matter if somebody else sees me do it or not. I need to do the right thing regardless. So I have the, I have this principle do the right thing. It doesn't matter who's looking. If I see something, that's my cue that I should probably take care of it. Yeah. And it plays out itself um, in public quite a bit. You know, if I'm walking and I see a piece of paper, typically I'll pick it up. I just yeah. don't walk by that. Right. You know, and, COVID made everybody just weird about, well, don't touch that. That could, you know, have COVID on her. That could be somebody's germs or whatever. But I just had this man, it's just not right to litter. I've told that story before. It's like, no, I'm going to pick it up. So it plays itself out in small ways quite often. Another one that I live by and you hear quite often is people's intentions are of their highest good according to their current level of awareness. So, so that's so, a principle that I say, I'm entering this conversation mm, okay. and I'm thinking the best of you. Right. Even though I think the decision you made is quite stupid. You're just not aware yet. And so, therefore, my job is to make you aware of what that decision could or could not
2: provide you. So I could scripture that up a bit and just be like uh, be full of grace. Because that's what you're exhibiting when you let someone say and do some things that seem to be pointed at you, but you try and look into the situation and go, but I know that at this moment, I'm going to give you credit for behaving in a way that is your best intention in this moment. You're trying to help somehow.
1: That's correct. And I
2: can't help unless I have that attitude
1: mm-hmm. another one and my guys that would that work for me you know they they know this one by heart when somebody comes up to me and says hey is that going to be easy or hard is that hard to do or is that easy to do and I go that is the wrong question the right question is is it the right thing to do sure like in in, a, in building I'm, I'm alluding to building a home like when we're trying to make decisions on how to accomplish something or how to do something a lot of times they'll say what's the easiest way and I go I don't even think that way I don't think what's the easiest way. Now, I may think what's the most efficient way, but easy doesn't enter vocabulary because typically that's not going to be the best outcome. Yeah. So we just say, what's what's the right thing to do in this moment? What's the right way to do this? And
2: typically that gives us the best product. That reminds me of the joke that I sent you. uh, I saw the other day where the guy goes, my grandpa was a cool guy. Yeah. Uh, I asked my grandpa one time, what's the fastest way to get down to the lake? And he goes, are you driving or are you walking? (laughs) And he says, I'm driving. And grandpa says, "Mm, that's the quickest way. (laughs) But yeah, you know, it's it's so cool to, and I I think this is a great exercise to get to know the friends around you. Are there things in your life, man, that are principles that you live by? Because just like all good things, it's a way that I've built my masculinity was because I didn't have great examples is I had to collect it along the way from men that I respected. Sure. I think it's a great conversation to have. And even hearing those and how you feel about them and why you have them are important, man. And so that that's a good exercise that will come out of this as well. As we figure out ways to verbalize the ones that we have, yeah. that we can ask other guys, hey, are there principles in your life that you refuse to not live by that are non-negotiable for you? Yeah.
1: And again, in our culture, uh, and we we don't talk a lot about our culture as far as the I mean, we we try not to because these are things, things that we talk about can be instituted no matter what kind of culture you live in. But our culture has made some of our principles that we live by difficult to navigate is when to do it and when not to do it. Meaning I always, always open the door for people, not just women. But typically if I'm if I'm walking into an establishment, I become a door guy all of a sudden. And if I got two, three people behind me, it's like, man, I'll just open the door for all of them. And I, I've told you, I've had on occasion a woman say, I can hold my own door. Yeah, I got my own door. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm slamming in her face. Okay, yeah. great. Open it. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't do that. But that's, that's a small principle. But yet it's a part of who I am that wherever I learned that, I don't even honestly know. I've been doing it so long. I I don't know where I learned it. Maybe it's from my dad, my grandfather, my, my mom. I don't know, but that's a principle that's, that's deep inside of me that culture will fight now. And so what do you do? when culture says that your principles are offensive to them
2: or old fashioned.
1: Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. And I think that we, that's again, as men, I'm going to do something regardless of what culture tells me, because I have a, here's another belief and principle that I live by. I think that culture lies to me way more than it tells me the truth. So mm-hmm. I don't trust it. I don't trust anything that the majority of culture tells me because I have a world. Simply view. because they said it. Well, because you- I have a world. What's my worldview? I have a Christian worldview. So with culture tells me something that's antithetical to scripture. I have to question, where did you come up with that principle? Yeah. That you that you're telling me that I need to live by, which is just a test right now it's not even been tested out that that you're going to get the outcome you want but yet you want me to live my whole life around it when i've got tested and tried principles that i live by that are never going to change because they have lasted for thousands of years
2: you know just listening to that man i I do have one that i wanted to mention to you and and get your thoughts on but you know there is a lot of value in being silent Mm. at times and compliance at times but one of my kind of core values or one of my non-negotiables is is that i won't sit in a setting and be silent and compliant out of fear Mm. because i've done that before and regretted it every time again there is value in being silent and compliant but i don't know that there's value in being silent and compliant out of fear. And when I feel myself brush up against this one, I try and fight it at every occasion and I speak up because integrity comes into play there. Authenticity comes into play there. And a lot of times, man, we have to understand that there is value in what we have. Mm-hmm. In any setting, because I'm always up against MBAs and these, you know, seven, eight year degrees and I'm a high school graduate, but I'm in situations where I know that this particular thing is possibly a bad idea. And when I withhold that, I feel like that I'm not being honest or authentic. But a lot of times in the past, I had held it and become silent and compliant out of fear, out of fear in that you
1: didn't think that you measured up to what they had.
2: That or just is what's this going to do with my career path? Oh, yeah. Are people going to you know hold this against me in the future? Is this going to cost me money when it's time to look at my raises? Are people going to get offended and it's going to cause damage? Just all these other things, all these possibilities. But at the same time, man, you walk away from that moment and go, man, I should have yeah. said what I knew to be true. Yeah. And we can't get in the habit of being silent and compliant just for the sake of fear of what the consequence might be. Like we have to have some things in our life. If we are sure of them, we have to have the confidence to be able to share them. And that's one that I really practice in my life is I don't want to fall silent and be compliant simply because I fear that I'm out of place in a yeah. situation.
1: And culture is really trying to do that right now. It is. Silence people out of fear that if you say something, you're going to get canceled, you're going to get this, you're going to get that. Yeah. And again, I'm like you. I kind of refuse to do that. Uh, another principle that I live by, and then I'll show you in real life right now, is I always <laughs> try to honor people when, on because scripture says, give people honor where honor is due. And just right now, something you said reminded me that, you know, so something you need to know about Anthony is, I mean, he's very open about a story, but he he works in a very um, high end restaurant, steak restaurant that that is I mean, how many restaurants do they have totals? I mean, it's, it's it's in the hundreds, hundreds. Yeah. And so he's one of the main general managers of the flagship of one of these one of their brands. And Anthony, and he alluded to it, doesn't the only thing that he has is a high school education. And he got some certificate while he was in prison for being <laughs> I think uh I think he got uh hang on I think he Eating got, all my lunch. No, 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 I think he got uh, uh no, he got perfect attendance. Anyway. <laughs> so you can uh, edit a lot of that out. But uh, an, so Anthony's fun. got a high school diploma and a certificate of perfect attendance in prison. That's what he's got. So but yet he's he's among other people that have way, way higher degrees have a lot of the schooling, a lot of the other things. And yet they look to you for answers and decisions in a lot of things. And man, I just want to honor you for a minute because that, that is a Testament to a lot of things that I adhere to principles, perseverance, just integrity, just not, Relenting uh, on something that you believe. I mean, you fought for this beard. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at you. They had a policy that you couldn't have facial hair. And I mean, you fought that thing for years. It's uh, funny. And now yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. And now you're, I mean, just as a friend that admires you quite all, yeah. a lot, it's like, man, that is pretty astounding. That, and I know other people that only have high school diplomas that have just in life have been so successful. I mean, I know a billionaire sure. that just, you know, high school diploma, that's it, bro. And he's killing it. Yeah. So anyway, that's one of my principles, just to honor people when when they've accomplished something. Because I don't, I don't think as men, here's a, here's a deep belief that I do have. You're talking about people wanting affirmation these days in culture. The people who are not getting affirmation is men just doing the daily, doing the mundane. Doing the mundane. Doing, yep. doing what they're supposed to do, taking care of their families, taking care of themselves, going to work every day putting up with all the crap, man, they don't get affirmed even by their own families. Yeah. They don't get affirmed. So man, if that's one of you guys doing that, man, keep doing it. Amen. You talking about country needing a certain type of person. That's what we need. Absolutely. Men who put their heads down and just say, man, I'm doing the daily grind and I don't care if I get affirmation or not. I'm still doing it because it's the right thing to do. Sure. So again, these principles that we're talking about, you know, I, I would, as a, and I would suggest, as kind of a, uh, not homework, but as a, a really good thing to do is maybe during your meditation time, you know, kind of sit down and write a few things out that you live by naturally. Mm-hmm. You've, you've never really put it to word, but you just, it, it's like whatever you tell your kids. What would, what would, what's the inheritance of principles that you would give to your kids because you know they, they did you well in life, right? Like one thing from, and I don't think I've ever, Maybe I have, maybe I haven't, but all, like all of my kids know that when you turn 15, 16, work ethic is important to me. And yeah, if you want a car and you want, there's this thing called a J-O-B and, and you're going to learn real quick yeah, what it feels like to work and to earn and to save, to give and to to not take because I don't want them taking for granted. I I know all kids do this. You know, that little machine you stick your card in and cash comes out. It's magic. It's amazing. You know, we need one of those in our house. I want them to learn because I I live by this principle of what I earn, I earn. It's real simple. What I earn, I earn. I don't want handouts. I don't want somebody having to prop me up for for a lengthy amount of time. There may be times in my younger life where my mom and dad had to prop me up a little bit to help me or yeah or a friend or whatever. But as a lifestyle, no. You know, another little as I'm sitting here thinking, another little principle, my my poor daughters, uh Jonas knows this <laughs> all too well, is uh I was talking to my 15 year old the other day and she was talking about a boy that she liked and she goes, And dad, he's gonna take you out, you know, for dinner or for coffee. Cause a principle I have is you're not taking my daughter out anywhere until you take me out. We're going to have a conversation. Now I know that's probably old fashioned, but I'll tell you what, my 15 year old knows because I use my older daughter as an example all the time. Yeah. It's like, do you like Jonas? Yeah. I love Jonas. Okay. He went through the same process. He took me out first because it weeds out all the weasels, right? It weeds out all the guys that are just, well, I'm not going to ask him out, but well, then you ain't good enough for my daughter. Yeah. Right. So again, these principles that I've, We talk about all the time without realizing that we talk about them. Yeah. And we repeat them to our kids. We repeat them to our family. We repeat them to ourselves, our coworkers or whatever. But as an exercise, man, I would just sit down and just during your meditation time and journaling and just write out, man, what are some of the principles that I live by that I would love to pass down to my kids and make sure that they understand these
2: things? Do you like that? I do. And man, I just like personally dealt with that situation about a boy being interested in my daughter and you know, asking a question, you know, can I take her to the mall and blah, blah, blah. And I go, I'm not going to even address that with an answer because I don't even know who you are. Yep. So until I do know who you are, you can answer that question for yourself because (laughs) it's just, it's just like bare minimum. It's like somebody, just supposing that they could walk in your house without knocking on the door and you don't even know them like you're going to you're going to take a family member that is literally in the collective most important group of people in my life mm-hmm. and think that I'm going to just go yeah I trust you for her safety and I don't I literally don't know your name who you are what your thoughts are. I've never had a real conversation with you. And it's so funny, man. It was right before graduation that it happened and she answered it on her own. But he's back in the background, like 40 yards away and I see him over there and I just look at him and I'm supposing that he's building up the courage to come and Mm -hmm. speak to me. Mm -hmm. And this is a family event. And I don't know, I think that this look worked well, but I looked up and I caught his eyes and the way that I looked at him, he just walked away. (laughs) weasel I, i'm just saying man because get, get rid of the weasels. I, Yeah, i'm looking at him like this is an important family do you have what it takes yeah to walk up in this moment with what you want to talk to me about mm-hmm. if you do great but i don't think you do
1: so jonas real quick as we land this plane so that was a principle that i i live by i, I address my kids with that principle they know that principle jonas you you had to be on the receiving end of one of my principles that i have for my daughters, but yet it benefited you greatly, I'm assuming. So what about you as the, as the on the other side of having to live by a principle that I set in place for my kids? How did that affect you in the way you thought about me? Well,
3: I was a good bit younger and I think being the age I was, I thought it was, I probably thought it was ridiculous. Um <laughs> fair fair. Yeah. And which, which made me think it was right by the way. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which is funny cuz like you you were definitely the only parent the only person I had ever had to have that kind of experience with. I think I like I had seen another girl before that and her dad like kind of, you know, would challenge me at times or whatever, but he there was never any hey you have to go through this before you get to be with her, that kind of thing. And so it, 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 definitely felt, um, it felt like a lot, but the Anthony, the way you just phrased that makes perfect sense to me. And I think that's the way I, I may feel one day is like, yeah, you, what, how ridiculous would it be if you just let anyone come in and start taking one of your family members out wherever they wanted? Like, that makes no sense to me. And right. so the screening process, kind of vetting someone like that makes a lot of sense to me. And so it probably doesn't to most teenagers, but it does to me now for sure. And I, I understand it and I'll probably do the same.
2: Yeah. Jonas, before you back jump back in JT, you are not only a new father, mm-hmm. but you are an experienced dog father. <laughs> yes. And you have one, a dog named Honey, is that right?
3: Yep, and she's sleeping on your
2: shoe right yeah. now. <laughs> so, Honey, just think about Honey as inconsequential as this is. Would you let someone come and take care of Honey without knowing who they are? Right. It's true. No, like, I would not. It's just it's just imbecilic that somebody would think that that yep. was okay. But again, growing up without fathers growing uh-huh. up without uh principles growing up without these non-negotiables we will be left to make our own decisions yeah. free of all of those expectations and we'll befor- perform and behave in life like that it just to the outside world it literally looks imbecilic yeah but it's just freaking common sense right that you would expect to know who was going to take care of anything of value agreed that is in your in your circle
3: you know on this i had my first like really true old man moment yesterday (laughs) Um, (laughs) nice let's hear about it yeah so i uh we are at church and uh making friends with a lot of people there and a lot of you know people and like middle-aged people too and um Like, I play music with a bunch of them. And so, this guy has two daughters, two twin daughters, and I think they're like 13, 14. And um, I was driving down the road the other day. It was kind of a busy (laughs) road here in town. And on the side of the road where there's no sidewalk, just grass, I saw the daughter walking with a guy her age, and the two of them were walking down the road. And I was like, whoa, wait a minute. That's, I know who that is. Why is she just walking on the side of this? does her dad know where she is? Should I text him? What, what, what is my responsibility here? And so I started going, I ended up not, I was like, you know, this one time I'll, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but, and it's not like I know the guy super well yet. And so, but I don't know. I think it kind of started thinking in me, like, you know what? I think one of my principles will be like, Hey, if you ever see my kid, out in public, even in something that's mildly questionable like that. Not like you see him doing drugs or whatever, but you see him walking <laughs> on the side of the road a little, you know, like mm, maybe shouldn't be out here like that. Text me, call me, yeah. anything. I don't care. Absolutely. And like, I started feeling like a, a real old man in that moment.
1: No, you see, let me, me rephrase your statement. You felt you started feeling like a very wise man.
3: Well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. See, what's Yeah. Jason, you know, she, huh?
2: Was she
1: alone?
3: But she was with, I said, she was with that one
2: guy. Oh yeah, I'm calling. And was she nearest the street? Ooh, good question. See, you talk talking See, about old man thinking. Yeah, <laughs>
1: he better be on the street side. Uh-huh. <laughs> you better take a car from my freaking dog, <laughs> you loser. <laughs> so I went through that little exercise because the principles that you live by do have lasting effects on people. And so here I had a principle and it could have been out of fear. I mean, I, I understand that, that it could have been, you know, because the one thing that I did tell Jonas and I made uh, for sure that he knew when he was out with my daughter that I held him to a level of responsibility for her as if I were there. Um, and I think that he did that uh, incredibly. But our principles outlive us. And so that's why it's important that we really do look at the way that we live our lives. this this fortress of principles and make sure that they're living up to our worldview. They're living up to our personal values, yeah. our personal beliefs, and that we have integrity. That's what integrity means. Wholeness is that what I believe is how I act. And there's no there's no differentiation between my thoughts and my actions. And I think when we do this, we'll pass down an inheritance that's greater than any financial inheritance that you can leave your kid. Yeah. These principles, these values, these beliefs. Because, gentlemen, I'm telling you, that's one of the arts of
0: being a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.